The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the hype machine himself, Josh Borboni. How are you doing this evening? Wow, I'm not a great hype machine because I'm not going to come out super hot for you. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh I don't even know. I'm not. Uh, who's hype machine? Am I? <laughs> the gearboxes? Just I. Uh, oh, I used to be. I don't know you that I am so much least. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 I'm good. I'm good. It's happy Memorial Day weekend, Kyle. Yeah. Happy Memorial Day weekend to you as well, sir. We recorded our movie podcast last night. Yep. Now this is how we're spending our Memorial Day weekend: two podcasts in a row. That's right. Let me tell you, my partner is thrilled. <laughs> oh, uh, I bet. <laughs> well. I mean, in fairness, I, I did do like chores all day the last two days. So I feel like it's, you know, I've, I don't want to say I've earned the time, but like I've put my work in, you know? Yeah. Tonight's the long night. Usually dollar cinema is shorter. Usually. Yeah. Usually. <laughs> so. Yeah, for sure. So um, yeah. did you do anything special since you have a long weekend? Obviously, you know, it's dad day today and all that good stuff. Anything special happening for the long weekend? Not really. My folks, um, we spend a lot of time with my folks on holiday weekends and weekends um we had bought them a trip to vermont um uh, me and my wife and my brother and his wife as a group gift bought them like tickets to a show um, matilda mm-hmm. and a stay in vermont and then um that got canceled due to i don't remember if it was covid or a storm now i'm i'm on for, I'm, I'm unsure why it got canceled we got rescheduled from february till to this weekend so they just came back so uh you know we spent the afternoon in the backyard and uh filled up the little inflatable pool i got my son and just caught up really that's all nothing uh nothing crazy and tomorrow will probably be more the same it's gonna be almost 90 or tomorrow yeah so we'll uh have some backyard beers and cook on the grill and i he won't have any but i will <laughs> um and uh yeah probably just relax you know try to soak in some sun and and enjoy the weekend uh as it is extended how about you would you, you get anything going on i know you're doing a lot of housework but do you have any leisure time ahead of you yeah i mean so we had yeah the last two days have been all outside landscaping stuff but we're like 95% done. The only thing that really isn't done is I didn't, we, there's a couple of areas that have to be now reseeded. Um, yeah. But I haven't done that because it's been windy as crap. Um, so I was like, well, it doesn't really pay to like do this right now with how windy it is. Uh, so that will have to wait probably for later in the week. Like it's all there. It's all prepped and ready to go. It's just that um, even with putting down like some straw or something on top, I just wasn't super confident that the seed would stick around. So because uh, it's that windy. Um so yeah, otherwise, you know, project mostly done. 
which is great. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because my in-laws had mentioned coming to visit, and my father-in-law was like, yeah, we're going to come July 3rd. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, <laughs> July 3rd, fine, June, July go. 4th, whatever. That's cool. Like, it's not like we were planning to go anywhere. Like, Same difference, right? You know, work work uh, for me around that time of year is pretty busy, actually. So we had a little bit of time around the 4th of July off, but not too much. So I was like, yeah, that's fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> my mother-in-law called uh, yesterday because it was her, or my partner called her mom yesterday because it was her mom's birthday. Uh, and... <laughs> Her mom was like, yes, we'll see you this weekend. He meant June 3rd, but he said July 3rd. He oh, no. said July 3rd. <laughs> well, the problem is, is I have a, a board that I sit on that I'm gone this coming weekend, like the whole weekend for some trainings and some other things that we're doing. So I was like, well, I mean, they can still come. I'm like, I'm not going to be here, but that's fine. Uh, so they're still coming this weekend, though, but I won't be here. So, yeah, you know, we don't have we have obviously our big trip in September, October that we're taking. That's kind of really our only time away that we have upcoming. Yeah. Uh, but I will say, Josh, you know, I also grilled today um, and really put, got a nice grill on my buns. Oh, I putting my burgers on them. And it seems like the social media Everyone's has coming support. after me. <laughs> <laughs> People have come up and support. But Josh, this did make me think of another question. And this one for me, I have no strong feelings on. I was just curious if you do. Sure. Um, hot dogs. Uh-huh. Bratwurst, I had, I had like two that. today. Oh, nice. Okay. So for hot dog buns, are you a top split person or a mm. side split person? Or does it depend on the actual bun you buy for how you do it? When you say top split, you mean the middle from the top? Yes. Yeah, I'm a top split guy. Are you? That's impre- yeah. I don't know many top split people. I prefer dropping the dog in and then putting the condiments on. Like It's almost like, what, what is it even comparable to? Oh, no, wait, I'm a side split guy. I'm confusing them because I, they're side split and then I turn them on to their side. Because, you, yeah, you cut them on the side and then you yeah, turn yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes, I'm a side split guy. Sorry. Okay. I was conf- logistically confusing them in my head. I actually don't really have a a preference one over the other. I'm a potato bun guy. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So most of, most of the potato buns, I think, are, are uh, side split ones. Yeah, I mean, most buns, I think, are, are quote-unquote designed to be side-split, but yeah, I, I think there's some advantages to a top-split bun, even if the bun itself isn't designed in that way, because usually, like, a top-split bun will have, like, taller sides on it for you to top-split. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I still think top-splitting can work pretty well. I, I it, You remember how Subway used to cut, like, the V out of the bread? Yes. I kind of, <laughs> I was having a conversation with this with someone the other day, and they were too young to remember that, uh, yeah. and it made me feel extremely old, uh, but... It kind of like top split buns kind of may, remind me of that sometimes of like when somebody used to cut that V out. But whereas the V, I think, in the Subway sandwiches was dumb. I think the top split can work sometimes. Not always. It depends on the bun. But I just don't meet a lot of top split people. So I just was curious. I think that the, if if I get top split, they're usually like ballpark in buns and they always go bad, like so quick compared to like all the other buns I get. I'm just I don't know if I'm getting from the wrong place or not. Less so. preservatives. I, I guess, but like opening, like going to grab a pack of buns and then seeing that they're just like forest green inside. I'm like, <laughs> these aren't that old. Why did this yeah. happen so quickly? No, I hear you. Because I, I think we've talked about how I sometimes do the sacrilegious thing of using my hamburger buns to eat hot dogs. Oh, and man. Worst. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to yeah. talk to me about grilling buns. But hey, but dude, <laughs> A, number one, they still get grilled. B, when you're a household of two and buns only come in packages of eight, you got to figure out a way to get through them, Josh. I hear you. I, did I, do I tell you what I do with my buns when I, when I know that I'm going to, like, I need to use them before they 
go bad. So what do you do? I uh, and oh, this will be weird. I uh, I I um cook up. I I don't. I heat up some marinara sauce, and I just literally just butter buns and eat them. Uh, sometimes I'll split them in half and throw them in the toaster and make them almost so you like you just a, treat them like a piece of bread. Yeah, I just treat them like bread where uh, like those potato roll like yeah. little hot dog buns are so good. And that's yeah. like a that's like an 11 p.m. midnight like yeah. last minute decision. Like I'm right. hungry and I don't want to snack out of a pickle jar right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think you're it is, you know, our buns typically a different recipe than typical than regular quote unquote bread is. Yes, but it's still mm-hmm. just bread. Like that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it's that. It's still bread. Right. Yeah, I think that's totally acceptable. It's a, it's and a, when I eat my bread, typically, I don't toast it, <laughs> which would explain my hamburger and hot dog situation. Well, and this is what's weird. When I was a kid, and I would be staying with my like grandparents especially but even like now that i really think about it with my parents like it was not unusual to have a piece of bread with dinner yeah yeah that's yeah. uh same for me yeah i have never done that though since i've been an adult like i just never have a piece of yeah, bread on neither. the side of my me dinner neither. you know so it is kind of weird because when you just said that i was like well i toast my bread in most situations because usually i'm making sandwiches with it like when, so yeah. when i'm making if i'm making a blt or whatever like i toast my bread but i don't the but if i I'm like taking like a sandwich to work for lunch. Like I don't toast my bread then just because it doesn't, it's not awesome. <laughs> like when yeah, yeah. Like four hours ago, you know, like, yeah, on old toasted bread. Yeah. So yeah, I don't eat just plain old bread very often though. I also just get my subs uh, with non-toasted uh, bread as well. So if the I get like a meatball sub from somewhere, I get a non-toasted bun. If I get a hot sub, I usually have the bread toasted. If it's a cold sub, I don't. That's my rationale. There you go. I don't know so if it hot works. foods for you. I get it. I mean, I understand why people toast to keep yeah. the juice juices like yep. where they are. But yeah, and yeah. our best sub shop, our best local sub shop, has no hot subs, so everything is cold. There um, you go. And their food is. I mean, oh, their gosh, their subs are so good. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, okay, Josh. So that was not actually our pregame topic this week. But hey, you know we're going to be talking about bread a lot. I feel like it seems. Oh seems boy. Insane. Well, we can try to avoid it. <laughs> I don't know. I think talking about bread is fun. I I talk about food all day. Uh, maybe we should just do a food podcast, Josh. Uh, okay, well, we could. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, E3 season, Josh, is right around the corner. I know we did a check in on this a while ago. Yeah, I just wanted to check back in because we're now, you know, uh, a little over a week away, um, theoretically, from um, Xbox's show and the actual Summer Games Showcase or whatever the heck Jeff Keighley's calling his thing. Um, PlayStation announced a state of play, not a PlayStation showcase, but a state of play for this coming week. So, yeah. uh, when you're listening to the show, it'll be, you know, just tomorrow this week or t- so Wednesday. Is it, Thursday? is it Wednesday or is it Thursday? I think it's Wednesday. Is uh, it? Okay. I don't have my calendar up. It's on my calendar to watch. It might so. be Thursday. I yeah, but anyway, neither here nor there. Wednesday uh, or Thursday. So, you know, those are all kind of on the calendar now. Jeff Keighley has said there's going to be less third party showcases in general. Um, one thing we'll talk about later that we may that might come up is you know we don't know exactly <laughs> Nintendo's plans right now, uh, but Josh, you know, kind of knowing where things are at, knowing that there is still like a wholesome games um showcase and there's a PC showcase and there's a future game showcase that you know games right and stuff do like those things are still being done, but those are obviously all smaller. But we don't have you know any 
Ubisoft, as far as we know, isn't doing anything yet. Like no one else has really come out and said they're doing something. And again, like I said, Jeff Keighley said that there's not going to be a ton of third party stuff. Yeah. Uh, are you excited for E3 season or what are your thoughts on, you know, the summer announcement cycle? Have you have, have your feelings changed? Are you more excited, less excited? What are you thinking right now? Hmm. Well, first off, I will say that the, the state of play is Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern time, which is late uh, for them. Um yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know that the needles move too much. We keep getting these weird like stealth drop trailers for games and announcements, so it doesn't quite I don't I don't know like we know a bunch of games that are in development, right? We just kinda know these things are yeah. happening, but I don't know that I have like a huge excitement level for a specific thing currently. So I'm just really more just curious about what's going to be announced more than really anything else. Is there a current um, announced game? Like, I know you were really uh, uh, big on, uh, oh, shoot, the Marvel game. Yeah, Midnight Suns. Thank you, Midnight Suns. I was thinking the cha- Marvel Champions kept coming to my mind. I'm like, yeah. I'm not talking about board games right now. Uh, yeah, Midnight Suns, which apparently got a rework that's going to be announced. Right? I guess, Disney. huh? <laughs> yeah, do you think they're going away from the card system? I hope not. I really don't. That kind of caught me out of out of the blue. I didn't really expect to see that, um, which got me a little worried. Uh, so I guess I'm just going to reserve my worry until we see. I'm sure we'll see them uh, during June. Yeah, because that to was some degree. that was your most anticipated game, right? It still is, I think, assuming it releases this year. Yeah. Um, and you know, I say that knowing it's obviously not the biggest game, but I really just from what I had previously seen, think it's an incredibly unique game because it's yeah. combining all these different ty- st- styles of games. So I still hope that they keep true to what I saw. Maybe they just did some tweaks to things that, that um, I wasn't aware of. I just, I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> well, and it is, it's kind of surprising that, uh, yeah, cause it, it, I shouldn't say surprising. It seems like if they're made an announcement of like, Hey, we've made some changes. You know, yeah. and we're going to talk about them. I mean, I feel like it has to be the card system, right? Like, I don't know what else significantly that was like front and center about that game that was in any way controversial, other sure. than that thing. And I'm just I mean, hoping maybe- it's a balancing thing. I hope it. I'm hoping that the ter- that that the the verbiage uh, was a little off, and that it's really just an overhaul or retweaking to something that's pre-existing. I really hope they're not trying to remove a core aspect of the gameplay. Um, and it still could be for the better, right? I have no clue what they're doing, but really for me, everything that we saw, I was just very excited about. Right. Well, and now that we, you know, that, uh, the Marvel MMORPG that was uh, being developed is now officially canceled. Yeah. Uh, not surprising. This might kind of be the chance to, to play something kind of like that potentially. I know it's obviously very different, but that style of, um, game where you're kind of going out there as a group and doing stuff like i don't know that you're gonna have a lot of squad based things or group based things in in marvel games otherwise so yeah i'm 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 kind of lukewarm on this e3 season josh and i'm about to become a huge hypocrite (laughs) because that's what we do on this podcast i know i know no it's one of those things that you gotta be careful what you wish for type of a deal Hmm. and i am someone who for a long time have said i don't think we need e3 and that's still true. I, I don't think we do need it. I don't think it's necessary or required in any way, shape, or form in the in the current landscape. But I will say 
the excitement I felt about E3 is something that I miss. I miss oh. like knowing that there's going to be like these, you know, four days of press conferences that are going to be super, super exciting. And I'm going to take time off from work and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to, you know, make some pizza rolls. That's <laughs> a ton of drinks about new. How much yeah. more stereotypical can I get? Um, and, and watch these conferences because there is something about knowing that everyone who I know and I'm friends with and I talk about games with is doing the same thing at the same time, right? Like we mm. are all there absorbing the message and when you look at you know when xbox does their fan fest or when playstation was doing you know playstation experience but even having like the in-person um, press conferences there's something about those audience reactions the way that people feel about things the the, the joy that they're and, and excitement that they're having that is fun right like that's just fun and, and going back and i've been feeling a bit nostalgic lately so going back and watching like the reveal of uh, the last of us part two at like the PlayStation experience or the reveal of God of war when Corey Barlog was playing it on stage. Like yeah. those things are just really neat. Like that's just really cool. And I know that like the lows of some of those conferences are bad, right? When you're doing something live and it goes poorly, like it's just really awkward and not good. Um, uh, you know, when that, when that, uh, God of War thing happened is just right after there had been a mass shooting. So imagine right, that. Right. How much time what a changed. coincidence. I know. And seeing Sean Layden try to fumble through talking about like that situation was just painful. Well, right. Like, now we have a better Jim Ryan to take care of that. Oh, jeez. Maybe it's better that we don't have <laughs> what him. What could he possibly say? What could he possibly? Yeah. Well, if everyone just got a dog, yeah, things would be so much better. Um, but. Yeah, there is just something about that feeling. And I know some people like Donnie, like loved E3, right? And he was a, a, someone who really was wanting it to stick around. And, yeah. you know, I, like I said, I still believe that is true. We don't need it in the sense of we get the information, we get the information more directly. Um, we are, I, I think there's less pressure on the companies to have to feel like they have to show something right because we always talked about like how honest and genuine are the trailers that we're getting like are they in game are they in engine are they just rendered stuff to give you an idea like what are we getting because they had to put a show together right like that pressure is now gone so they can talk to us and show us stuff when they're ready to they don't have to hit this artificial date that just exists in early june because that's when we all like it but darn it if it wasn't fun and darn it if it wasn't just a really good time to like talk yeah. about and celebrate all the fun things that are video games and all the dumb console wars who won E3 bull crud that we used to do. Like it was a good time. It just was, you know, like so while I don't think we need it, I am still sad that it's pretty much gone and I don't think it'll ever really be back or at least for a while um, yeah. in that same format, which is a bummer. So. But listeners, yeah. what are your thoughts? Uh, are you bummed about like kind of what E3 has now become? Are you still excited for announcements this summer? Do you think we need E3? Or even if you don't think we need it, did you still like it? Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. But thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with Fiji on Twitter. Or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with Fiji. We're proud to be part of the Play Some Video Games podcast family, and we encourage you to check out all the shows, like the PSVG podcast, the Nintendo Shack, PSXP, and Dollar Cinema. Uh, you never know when a new show might pop up, so be sure to stay tuned to all of your favorite PSVG podcasts to stay up to date. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, 
We encourage you to check out the Dice Tower podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. Uh, with that, Josh, what have you been playing, sir? Well, uh, playing more than I thought I would be playing. Uh, I actually left the game out because I uh, was doing my thing where I go through games and and uh, see what, like, there's a game I play that I don't even want to talk about. Uh, oh, <laughs> so, wow. Was it that bad? Uh, no, I just was like, I didn't put in uh, the effort. I, didn't, I immediately didn't like it. And I was like, well, there's no reason to talk about this. Uh, still okay. playing Disco Elysium, enjoying that still. Uh, I, I keep losing, like, it's so weird to lose hit points in conversations because of your conversation choice. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So it's still something I'm getting used to. It is very weird to like be penalized for saying the wrong thing, but it also makes sense. Um, so still playing Disco Elysium. Uh, uh, I jumped back into Forza Horizon 5, uh, again, just for a little bit because I was just kind of feeling like I wanted to play it. So it's always nice to have still there. And it's really nice when you log into Force and have like seven gifted cars. And I'm like, oh, sweet. <laughs> I got a bunch <laughs> of new cars. This is awesome. Nice. Uh, and uh, still playing Peglin, which is for people who don't remember, is the like Slay the Spire meets Peggle. I know that sounds weird. Uh, game on Steam. I'm still enjoying that um, a lot. I can't still can't get by the second boss. But that's fine. Oh. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, and then just a bunch of, uh, a couple of new games that I've been playing. Uh, let's start with Roller Champions, right? Who would have thought I'd be playing Roller Champions? I'm very interested to hear your thoughts on this game. <laughs> I actually really like it. Um, awesome. Free-to-play game by Ubisoft. It is essentially Roller Derby. I'm assuming eventually I will unlock a different arena to play in, but I'm basically... 3v3 online multiplayer there are other things there's a tutorial there's like a skate park where you can just kind of practice your moves but essentially what you're doing is uh you are in this at least in the one i'm in it's 3v3 in the circle circle not circle it's an oval uh elongated oval uh, arena and it has four posts uh two on each side at the corners that will randomly drop a the ball from as you're skating around the arena. And I mean, your job is to, as a team, pick up the ball, control the ball, and hold it until you pass through uh, four gates. Once you pass through four gates, it opens up the goalposts. And the first time the goalposts open, it's worth one point. But if you continue to control the ball Instead of trying to just get one point, if you go around another lap, it will become three points. And if you can still control the ball, when you go around another lap, it will be five points. Um, I forget how many points it is to win. It might just be five to win. Um, but uh, there's tackling. There's uppercuts, which is pretty cool. <laughs> there's uh, uh, some good strategies to get about picking up speed with uppercuts. There's... Focusing on the ball, you can go either direction. Uh, you don't have to just go in a, in a certain direction. You can just straight up hit the brakes and turn around and try to tackle someone who's coming head on to you. Um, it's pretty simple. It's it it's kind of clever, actually. Uh, I don't know how much more of the same app I could keep playing before I got a little bit bored. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. But I'm assuming there must be other maps which have different designs. I'm going to assume there must be a figure eight or something in there. Um, but yeah, free to play, a lot of fun. I would say uh, if you're listening and you're even remotely curious, just download it and try it. Because that's what I did. I was like, we well, all heard about this game. Uh, I think I got into the beta and I never played it. So oh, yeah. I figured I would check it out. And uh, yeah, I uh, actually enjoy it a lot. It's still, it's not uninstalled. And I think that's saying something. That is saying There's something. There's some other things I just uninstalled on my Xbox. <laughs> uh, how did you feel? Obviously, you know, a brand new multiplayer only game. How did you feel mm-hmm. about cooperation like playing with randoms like did it go okay were most people like having a good time and being cool about it how was that part of it i didn't use the headset so i didn't have to interact uh, vocally with the people on my team i think it's one of those games you can kind of just do like what you want we definitely played some i definitely played some teams where you could tell that the teams were struggling to figure out what they were doing Mm-hmm. Uh, like they weren't really using teamwork and, you know, one guy's just trying to tackle everybody. Um, <laughs> right. uh, I think the key is pass and support, right? So if you don't have the ball, you need to be tackling people around the person with the ball. Uh, and if not, you need to be ahead of the person with the ball so they can pass it to you. You right. can also do the cool thing where I know they do it in roller derby where you could press left bumper and you, if you're close to your teammate and it will, they will like rocket you, they will launch you forward. Yeah. Uh, give you an extra boost of speed too. So, um, as far as the, the communication thing goes, uh, you know, it's just like any other game. Like you might be stuck on a, on a crappy team, but for the most part, uh, I didn't have any issues as, as far as communication goes. Uh, it seems like everyone gets it. You know, you have the ball, you want to get a goal or you pass it. That's it. Gotcha. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to yeah. hear that you're enjoying it. Like I said, I've heard a lot of mixed things on it. Sure. What are your thoughts on, because it is out now, right? It's not in beta or anything. Yeah, it's out now. Release. Uh, what are your thoughts on, because it is free to play, mm-hmm. the economy, microtransactions. I'm assuming there's a battle pass, like kind of how is yeah. all that stuff. There's a battle pass uh, or season pass. Um, you have to play a certain amount of matches to unlock different um variations of game modes too okay so they do make you go like put in some time before you can get to the higher uh tiered stuff so i like that um microtransactions it seems to just be most like cosmetic like it's very overwatchy mm-hmm. like i don't re- or even apex like i don't feel you're not unlocking characters you're just unlocking like haircuts and outfits and taunts and music so um, it's fine like you could just jump in and not have to worry about paying any money at all just go in and have some fun so far like i'm very early in so i don't know if that's going to change right um but it's not pay to play uh, pay to win at least so that's good gotcha awesome what else you played sir huh what oh anything else you played sniper elite five it was my homework i'm a little early but i did start playing it and have you played uh, any of the Sniper Elite games previously? This is my first Sniper Elite, but I'm all okay. I'm familiar with the games. Right. Um <clears throat> It's okay so far. <laughs> yeah. Um it is a little weird playing it with current events going on. I won't yeah. lie. I wasn't able to divorce myself from that while playing, which is really what kind of what you want in games is to separate. Right. 
yourself I mean, from, is, you know, from the real world. <laughs> France in World War II. So it's uh, a yeah. little different. Yeah, but it no, is. I get it. I, it's just yeah. hyper-violent. Um, I'm a little over the X-ray shots, like, immediately. I was over it. Like, I thought it was cool once. Right. And then I was like, okay, guys, skip this. You can shut guys. them off. Oh, you can? I'm going to shut yeah, them off. Yeah, in the menu. I'm pretty sure you can shut them off. <laughs> so I'm going to shut those off because uh, it just takes a lot of time. Um, <laughs> The gameplay itself, I I, uh, I enjoy it. It's it's fine. It's good. Um, it reminds me of. It's obviously not a comparison to Outriders, but it has similarities to a game like Outriders or even Gears of War, uh, where you have third person um, cover based. If you want to play cover based, you don't have to. Right. Um, stealth if you want to, but you don't have to. You're not just using a sniper rifle. You have hand, you can pick up pistols, um, Uzis, like semi-automatic guns, all these different things. Um, but I mean, if you don't choose stealth, you're just making it harder on yourself. There's also stealth kills. Yep. There's stealth kills from climbing when you're below somebody. It's just it feels very familiar to a lot of games I played. Um, I don't think graphically it's moving any mountains. It seems no. pretty plain. Yeah. Um, it seems like a last gen game, which is fine. Uh, it was probably developed as a last gen game, um, but so far, uh, I'll, I'll keep playing it. I'm not, I'm not, not liking it. It's just, uh, it's fine. Yeah, it feels like a Saber interactive game. <laughs> no, and I know yeah. that might be a slam on Saber, but it really does. It is very double A. Yes, which is fine. Which, which is fine. So um, it's getting good reviews. I'm glad it is. Uh, so I'll keep, I'll keep playing it. Um, and then lastly, uh, I have to talk about this because, <laughs> you know, I this is a game that actually I forgot to play Marvel Strike Force on, on Saturday. Oh, wow. Which broke my 1600 consecutive day streak, 1600 plus consecutive days of logging in to Marvel wow, Strike Force. So it's pretty, I was like, do I just stop playing now? Why did I miss, why did I not continue my streak? No, I, I, that's I how many see, years is that? <laughs> that's that's a really long time, Josh. Sixteen hundred yeah. days you've logged in without missing a day. That's including vacations and when people are sick or funeral days. <laughs> like that's, that's, that's over four years. Yeah, probably when the game came out, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, I played a game that made me forget to do that. Uh, it's called Marvel Snap. It is in beta. Currently, I'm playing it on Android. Um, it is a deck builder game. Um, by the way, I'm currently level 156 now. We talked Goodness yesterday. Right. You were 130 yesterday. <laughs> uh, and I'm level. I'm still level 15 on the season pass, uh, but I'm very close to 16. Um, so, how do I want to describe this to people? How do I want to do? I, I mean, I ha- what it, I've been told it is streamlined Hearthstone. <laughs> okay, it definitely has aspects of Hearthstone for sure. Um, uh, but I feel like it has some ascension in there. Mm-hmm. Essentially, you have a deck of cards. You have a, a, a you, the cards that you have are all Marvel superheroes. When you get these cards, you start with a base deck, which everyone starts with. You unlock cards as you play, and the cards are are rated uh, one to six cost. So the cost to play a card is in the top left hand corner, kind of like Ascension or Hearthstone, I guess. I'm assuming that's the same. 
And then the top right-hand corner is the power of the card. Some cards have abilities. Those, those abilities are below the cards. Like as an example, Nova, who's from Nova Core, is a one-cost hero with two power. And the special ability is when this is destroyed, give your cards plus two power. So that's your cards on the board. So we previously on this podcast have had um, Colin Flores on here. Mm-hmm. And he created a game called Guardians. And that also has part of Guardians in this game as well. Um, this, did I mess up his last name? No. I might have. It's Flores. Um, these locations are random when you play. And what happens is uh, as you play the game, as you uh, when you start, all three locations are blank. On the first turn, a location is revealed. And each location has an ability very much like Guardians on it. Um, or Smash Up is also a good comparison uh, that affect your cards that you play. So currently there's a, they have hot locations, and these are locations that show up more frequently in games. So the current hot location is Washington, D.C. And the ability is cards here with no abilities have plus three power. Um, there are some locations, and each game is played over six turns or rounds. Some There's some locations that are like, um, the game ends after round four. That really messes me up, like because I have <laughs> I have a strategy. Uh, some locations, I think that's a TVA. TVA location is uh, ends after round four. There's one that adds a seventh round. There's uh, locations that double your... Um, reveal power so they have cards that say on reveal and then they have some cards that say um uh shoot uh ongoing so those Mm -hmm. are things that are just always happening like colossus has ongoing cannot be destroyed or moved so there's like all these things go back and forth so as you play the game you can also you also use your um credits that you earn to level up your cards uh, it's not giving them any uh, tactical advantage. Uh, all it really is doing is uh, taking it from a plain card to a card where the image goes over the borders of the card to a 3D card mm-hmm. to eventually a legendary card, which I have a few legendaries. Um, and they just look nicer. Like the more like the more you level them up, the nicer they look. And honestly, they look real nice. They did a really <laughs> good job with these cards. To the point where, like, when you move your phone left and right, like, they're full 3D. You can see background images that you couldn't see previously. Um, It's just a heck of a lot of fun. And it's taken up all of my free time. Almost. (laughs) I mean, obviously, I've been able to play some video games, but only when I've completed all of my missions. I still have two hours until I unlock two more new missions. (laughs) and and one day till the chapter two of the season pass opens up. So uh, it's just been um, a heck of a lot of fun. I can still play and earn credits as I play. You also earn, um, it's not called experience, but you earn these, like I'll call them shards. They're not called that either, but essentially you collect these so that you are able to level up your cards. You can't just level up any card you want. You have to have enough of the required material to level up these cards which you get by playing them more often um there's not currently a way to challenge specific people Mm -hmm. so right now it's just random battles but i'm hoping that there's a point where 
um, when it comes out of beta, I can like add friends and play against friends as well. Right. Uh, you probably would have to do it without gaining experience, though. Yeah. Because I'm sure they don't want people like boosting each other up. But right. Uh, I haven't played a mobile game or a game that I've liked this much in a very long time. Uh, it is just phenomenal. I really enjoy it so much. Okay, so this is obviously I'm a you know one of those pesky. Actually, I have blue stacks. I wonder if I could try to get into the beta on blue stacks. Uh, but <laughs> neither here nor there. Uh, if this game fully comes out this year, which is supposed to, right, Josh? I think so. Yeah, yeah. As yeah. far as I know, like, is this on your top five games of the year? Oh, I don't know if I would put a mobile game in my top five games. Why not? It's a game. But I could. But I could. Yeah. I could. I could see it in my top five, but I, I don't know that I would include a mobile game. But uh, depending on how the right now, it's in my top five games I played this year. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Uh, Marvel Snap. I, man, I can't wait to play this dang game. I just have to wait, I guess. You're going to have uh, to wait, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. It sounds really fun, though. It, it sounds, yeah, I mean, everyone that I have, every post I've seen about it, like people really seem to be liking it. So I, I think this might be a winner. Um, do you think, obviously, you know, it, it is technically in beta right now and, you know, there's a season pass and all that stuff. Like, do you think there's enough content there to, like, last beyond two weeks? You know, like, is this something that in two months yeah. or four months, you know, like what would what would need to happen for you to continue to play at the pace you've, you've been playing? Um, attainable goals, attainable missions. I think like a lot of games like this, they, they start getting crazy on what you have to do and it becomes less fun. Um, there's so many cards right now and, and they, there's so many alternate art cards for the same cards like that you can buy with the gold you're earning right? or unlock and like packs. So I've, I've also seen like all these cards I want to add to my collection because like when you add an alternate art card, it doesn't keep the same like level of that card. Oh. So you also need to boost it if you want to see like the change in art, like of the 3D aspects and all that. So I, I see that part of it too. Uh, and there's so many characters in the Marvel Universe that they could they could have 50 Captain Americas with different art that would keep yeah, people playing. Um, I think the challenge is uh, with the abilities, right? So... I just I just really enjoy the strategy of creating a deck that works for you. And I have four decks that I have built right now, which is very unlike me. I'm not typically that person who does that. Um, but I keep getting cards that I'm like, well, this doesn't fit with my current deck. Right. But I'm wondering if it's a good card. Um, so I have like a test deck to like... Like there's a prof- the Professor X card. It literally locks a whole location. So once you play it, nobody can play cards in that location, and it's real easy to mess that play out. Right. Like, oh man, I just played it there, knowing I can't get more power to win this location. <laughs> what was I thinking? Yeah. Um. And the Nate and the Marvel Snap of it all, I which I forgot to to mention. As you play, once you pass a certain level, you enter into I guess like the end game version of the game which is uh, ranked rewards. And in this ranked reward system is you're trying to climb up this ladder of ranked rewards. It goes up to 100. um, And I'm at level 25 now. But how this works is when you're playing the game, there's like this little floating um, cube up in the middle of the game. And once you're past the introductory rank, once you lose a match, 
you actually lose part of your level. Oh. It goes down. Yeah. But with the Marvel snap of it all is if you're playing and you're so confident you're going to win, you can press the cube and it will double your, we'll call it a bet for that game. Oh. Your, your experience. And if the person you're playing also chooses to snap, it doubles that. Wow. So now you go from losing one experience, I'll call it, to potentially losing eight experience. Dang. Four. 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 Yeah. Um, Four on each side. So there is another level to that as well, uh, which makes makes it a little bit more challenging. Um, And you have to be pretty confident at this point. Some people just... And uh, the other cool thing is if your opponent snaps, you have the ability to forfeit. It pops oh. up on the bottom corner. You can choose to forfeit as well. Are you able to snap at any point during the match? Any point you it... want, but you can't unsnap. So even if it, you're like, okay, I know if I play this card, I'm going to win, so I can snap and then play the card? You can snap before you even get your like before you even play a card. Oh, okay. Or you can snap after you've played your last card, but they haven't played their last card yet. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. I'm surprised at the flexibility there because I feel like... Yeah. A, especially long-term like the inevitable <laughs> i'm inevitable like i think the inevitability there like will be figured out by some people like there's no nothing you literally can do to win yes. so you know but but then i guess that's kind of the reward for knowing the game there there are also some cards that you i don't know that you're ever you can ever be confident that you are guaranteed to win i mean yeah, some cards awesome. are just nuts <laughs> yeah i mean the meta like a meta will develop eventually oh yeah of course yes. you know so yeah but all right, that's Marvel Snap. If you're an Android player, you can uh, get in on the beta now. If you're a if you're an Apple person, you just gotta wait, sit idly by. Hopefully, eventually you'll get to play. Anything else you've been playing, Josh? Uh no, that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, I have two things to talk about, but they're both new, which is exciting because I haven't had much. To talk yeah, about I have no idea what this first thing is. <laughs> yeah, so we'll talk about that one second. So we'll start with Sniper Elite Five, uh, which I also downloaded and intended to play, and then just with everything going on in the world, I was like, I don't know if I really want to play this. Uh, but I, I did eventually get in because I was like, well, it's World War II. It's, I, I had played Sniper Elite 4, and I, I liked it fine. Like I liked it quite a bit. Um, but I was like, well, we'll go ahead. We'll play this. Um, and we'll give it a whirl. One of the things that I forgot about in playing this game is that, kind of like you were alluding to, Josh, uh, the whole sniper part of the Sniper Elite thing is kind of misleading because when the game starts... You have to you like learn how to snipe, so you have to shoot two people right away that are, mm-hmm. have like these spotlights. Since that point, Josh, I have not used my sniper rifle one time. Oh, you haven't? <laughs> I use it so, a whole bunch. I have just stabbed people. That is all I have done is I have walked up behind people and stabby stabbed them. That's all I've done the whole time. Now, granted, I'm still only in the first um, sandbox, and basically how the levels work, and if you're not familiar, listener with Sniper Elite, is you get dropped into a sandbox, so like... You're in, you have a mission to go do, but kind of how you approach that mission is very much up to you. But there's also these uh, like side missions that come up. And sometimes potentially if you explore enough, you might find interesting things to go look at or you might find kill contracts or some all these other things that might happen. But it's really up to you to kind of how you want to go after them, how you want to kind of explore the map or that sandbox. It's, it's very, very much up to you. Um, so I'm still only in the first sandbox. So it's not like I'm very, very far in the game. Sure still doing the first main mission uh but yeah like everything i've gone to do i've just like been stabbing people <laughs> so, <laughs> um so because i don't really re- I, I feel like i remember not really liking the feel of the shooting in sniper elite 4 like when you're not using your sniper rifle if i recall i could be wrong but i felt like that was something that was a little weird to me uh but everything about this game josh to me 
screams double A. And that's not a bad thing. Yeah. But it definitely is, um, you know, coming off some really polished games that we've had this year. It, it does make the transition a little bit harder. And the biggest situation I'm having right now, and I don't know if you've run into this, Josh, maybe it's just me, maybe it's user error. Every time I walk up to someone behind them and the prompts come up to either like kill or to subdue, I don't remember what the other yeah. option is, but like to just choke them out basically. Stun, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I have to like hit the button like twice to get it to do it. Oh, not me. No, I had, I've had yeah. no problems with that. Because like I'll hit Y to kill them, and it my dude just sits there, and then I have to hit Y again, and then he like will stab them. Yeah, and I'm like I don't understand, and and this has been consistent throughout the entire game. Like this is not like a oh it happened once or twice. Like there literally was a time that um I went to stab someone, and then my character just like stopped moving, and the person turned around and saw me. I'm like <laughs> no, it's no, gotta stab him now, you know. Like so it it just doesn't always feel super good. Like you said the graphics are nothing to write home about the voice acting sure. is fine you know like it is funny because yes it is sniper elite 5 it assumes that you know what happened in previous games like it doesn't care that you probably don't know oh like, yeah there's all. no yeah there's no like leading up to you yeah so uh yeah it's fine you know the this is one of those things that it is on game pass so if you have that just definitely go ahead feel free to check it out the sniping portion of it with like the x-ray camera stuff that is pretty novel like you're not really going to see that anywhere else yeah um but similar to josh like i don't really use it often i like i said i'm pretty certain you can go either turn it off or like greatly reduce the amount of times that it happens if you want to or you can greatly increase it if you want to if you get all excited about those things this must um, be the game that caused Kotaku to cancel their Game Pass subscription, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, it is one of those. I. So the, the hard part about it is like, it's not a bad game by any means. Yeah. But, and I played it because it was on, it's on Game Pass. Am I going to continue playing it? I honestly don't know if I'm going to, but yes, I got to play it because I'm on Game Pass. But if I didn't have Game Pass, not I would not be impacted in any way had I not played this game. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I mean, I would say on the flip side, also it could have been a game you bought on PlayStation and could sure. not return. <laughs> so I mean, I I never would have bought this game. Sure, either, sure. But, you know, like yeah. well, just out of like curiosity, did you ever think you were going to buy Dying Light Two? Like maybe you would have. Um, I no Dying Light Two. I knew I probably was going okay. To well, fill buy. in the blank game. <laughs> okay, like there could have been a world where either of us jumped on like Sniper Elite 5, because we're like, hey, I saw the reviews in their 80s. So, like, I don't have a game to play right now. Maybe I'll buy it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. And I would have been disappointed. I would have been like, oh, Why did I buy this, this game, game isn't <laughs> worth $60, $70. I, well, and that's where, like, I don't know that I'm going to continue to play it, because with all the conversation we just had about it, neither one of us were, like, super stoked about it, and I have way better games that I could be oh, playing. Oh, yeah. So I why would I continue I to play it? Yeah, I wouldn't you know, so. pay full price for this game. So, yeah, so we'll see. But the other game that I've been playing, Josh, is a game that I actually like way more than Sniper Elite 5, but it's very different. Um, and this game is called Dorf Romantic. Uh, it is a is on Steam. I, it might be on Epic Game Store, too. I don't know, but I, I'm playing it on Steam. Look at me being an actual PC gamer. Um, but what Dorf Romantic <laughs> is, it's almost a board game, but it's not quite. So what it, how the game is, and this is the entire game, you start with a six uh, a hexagonal tile in the middle of the map. And you have a stack of hexagonal tiles, and then you just play them, attaching them to the tile that's already there. And these tiles are all have landscapes on them. Yeah. So there might be like trees and grassland or water or fields or a city or something like that. 
So if you match up the sides, so say you you know your starting tile has like forest on a side, and your next tile has forest, and you put those together, you get points. Every and every time then that you add a then a new tile comes out, and that's your goal again is to try to match up the sides of the tile to try to kind of expand and expand and expand this. Um, it's Carcassonne. Kind of yes, it's kind of like Carcassonne, but the goal is just to continue expanding like this map that you're building, right? The way things get the things that get tricky about it though is number one, these are six sided tiles, and sometimes you know you might get a tile that's all forest or a tile that literally all six sides are a different thing, right? So you're trying to match up as best you can, and trying to decide when you can like forgive or um, not matching something up, and like when's that going to be okay for you to do? The other thing is that if you match every all six sides of a tile perfectly, so you have matched every single. Um, terrain type perfectly when you surrounded it you get bonus points that and that also adds tiles to your stack of tiles so there is no theoretical end to this game the game is like the better you do at creating this map the more tiles that will continually get added to your supply that you can then play out into the map um sometimes you'll get you'll play tiles that'll say like 120 trees and then if as long as you connect 120 other tree tiles to that tile you will get bonus tiles so it's really starting to think about okay how am i going to put these things where am i going to put them next you can only see like two or three tiles ahead and when you start you have like 50 tiles in your supply but it's always random like the order they come out in what your starting tile is it's always random right josh i love this game I just it is it. like <laughs> it is so good. Like the concept is so simple because there's no like there's no timer. There's no nothing. It's literally like you look at this tile, you're like, where do I want to put it on here to maximize my points? Next tile, same thing. That's all you're doing the entire time. And I absolutely love it. I was playing it while I was watching a comedy uh, a comedy special on like one of my monitors and I was playing Dorf Romantic on the other side and it was just chilling and doing this thing. And trying to figure out the best I could do. And after you finish, it gives you like a score. It gives you your rank in the globe based off of how many points you had. Um, and then it's like, hey, do you want to try again? And then you can just start all over again. And that's literally all it is. But man, do I love this game. It is so chill and so like just mm, something about it and, and the simplicity behind it, but how much you can like build out and like go and explore different things and try to, you know, really create this cool, like laid out map. And uh, the further you get out from the center, you might discover like new tiles that will unlock. Um, there are like hmm. achievements. So like once you've put together enough water tiles or enough railroad tiles or enough forest tiles, like you'll unlock like new tiles that will be added to your supply for the future. It just is such a fun, cool, chill game. Um, if you are looking kind of for that ability just to chill out, not have to play something that's like super oppressive right now or super challenging to your mental psyche, but is like going to challenge you like mentally to think about like, where am I putting these things? And once you get to 100, 200, 300 tiles in your tableau, it starts to get complicated to figure out where you're going to put things and, and try yeah. to make it all happen. So uh, that's Dorf Romantic on Steam. I love it. Um, it. It really is an excellent time. Um, very, very simple concept, but executed nice. really really well and that's something that's always a good time so with that we'll move on to our topics of the show josh what is your first topic this week hey uh blaze ball baseball blaze ball you ever heard of it because <laughs> i, I have heard of blaze ball have you 
No, I have never heard of this thing. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Yeah, it's basically like spooky baseball, I think, is like an appropriate way to say it. It's like what? Spooky baseball. It's like baseball, but like there's like, it's like horror baseball. Mm, okay. Really? I, I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's what baseball is. Okay. Well, here we go. The internet's, this is, of course, coming to us from dicebaker.com. The internet's favorite absurdist sport. Uh, Splort, really? Splort? <laughs> Fan-driven Sport. universe and, yeah, there you go, horror-adjacent browser game is making the jump to tabletop. Blazeball, or Blazeball, the card game, uh, has launched a crowdfunding campaign to create a two-player competitive tile, sorry, title that combines a lot of actual baseball rules, the colorful characters and reality-bending powers of the online phenomenon. It's designed by... Uh, Rain Watt and Michael Fox of Northern Ireland-based Wayfinder Games. Uh, it's an ad- adaptation of the 2020 internet craze currently crowdfunding a print run on GameFound. Uh, the game will give two uh, competing players a 24-card deck used to score as many runs as possible, uh, aiming for quick matches and tense tugs of war. For leads, it skips the first eight innings and focuses on the unpredictable action in the ninth. Uh, one player uh, coach will start at bat while the other pitches. These two positions change, which start uh, with stats on the cards affected by dice rolls. And after drawing their initial hands, coaches choose team members to put in certain positions in the field, such as batters, pitchers, and outfielders, by placing their cards face down on the board. Uh, then they roll a six-sided die, add modifiers from card statistics, and take into account any rule-bending special effects. Or peanut related weather. Interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. I don't want to plagiarize Dice uh, Breaker's article more than I already just did. Um, but I mean, you cited them, so that's good. I guess that's one step, right? <laughs> uh, there is a video produced by People Make Games on YouTube, which you can check out that uh, explains the fascination with the. In- the intentionally esoteric game and the verdant fan community that spread around it. Um, I'm going to have to check out just this, this place ball uh, thing in general, I guess, just to see <laughs> what it is. Yeah, um, people, who, people who love blaze ball, love blaze ball. It has 10 days left to go. It is 134% funded. You can check it out on game found. There's a play mat. Uh, which is pretty plain, but it looks like it has, you know, gives you enough information for what you need. And it looks like if you want to back the game, it's going to cost you 20 euros, 20 pounds. I'm not sure what we're looking at. It also has booster packs, which for me is less interesting. I don't want to buy a board game that has booster packs, uh, which is fine. Um, but I can't see how much it is in American dollars, but it's got to be, <laughs> I think the American dollar is worth less now, right? Than the, than the pound. I have no idea. I assume our money is always worth nothing based off of what inflation's like right now. Okay. So you're looking at probably, let's say 35 bucks for the base game. <laughs> That's a pretty, uh, just off the top of my head guess. Uh, but it's, it, it, I like the art on the cards. It definitely, uh, if anyone's seen Disco Elysium, I really feel like the art has like a Disco Elysium feel to it. Um, oh, I can see that. Uh, it's not 
quite like anything I've seen. It has like hints of like Street Fighter art, but it's also more like this postmodern look from Disco Elysium. So um, I really like that art, actually. I might, I might uh, back this. Who knows? Oh, okay. Who knows? I don't have, I've never gotten to, what is it, Baseball 2099 or? Baseball Highlights 2045. There you go. That game. I never got into it. I tried the mobile app. I didn't love it. Does you do you have any interest in um Blazeball or Blazeball? Um I this is one of those things that if my partner wanted to play it um or I knew that she would play it I might be interested in it. Uh I did like Baseball Highlights 2045 but I also only ever really played it on the app because I had no one to play with. Uh, but I did enjoy that. So uh, this is a maybe for me if I knew I had someone who would play it I probably would jump in cuz it does seem like a good price. Um, and those booster packs, Josh, are not randomized. They're oh, the that's same. better. That's yeah, better. so okay. that they're um, everyone gets the same cards in them. I guess they just probably didn't know what else to call them. <laughs> so you know, because um, yeah. you can't really call them legacy or uh, not or living cards. So like, call yeah, them expansions. Booster. Yeah, so they are like <laughs> mini expansions. But uh, so yeah, so I'm a I'm a maybe on this. Like the people who love baseball really seem to like it. The fact that they're making it into a card game, I think, is pretty cool. Uh, I just, yeah, I just don't know how often I get to the tables. So I, I don't know that I can back it, even at what appears to be a very reasonable price. So Sure. Okay. Well, if anyone's interested, there is a baseball parody board game coming out. And if you want to know more about it, within 10 days, and for you, 8 days, uh, listening to it, uh, check out B-L-A-S-E-B-A-L-L. Um, and uh, maybe start with a webcomic at first, and then go from yeah. there. Awesome. Um, well, thanks for that, Josh. I'm going to slightly modify, uh, my sure. next topic. We're still going to do it, but I just want to give one very brief piece of news before that. Uh, so I guess my first topic 1.0, and then I'll have a 1.5, mm-hmm. uh, was that the Spiel des Jahres nominees were announced. Um, last oh, week. they were, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So the Spiel des Jahres nominees were announced, I think right after our episode came out actually. Um, so this is from board game geek. I'm reading it from there, but, uh, just so you listeners know, um, the Spiel des Jahres nominees are Cascadia, oh. Scout, and Top 10. Um, I think, you know, Cascadia definitely seems to have the popular vote behind it, but that doesn't always mean it's going to win these things as we, as we have seen in the past. So, sure. um, But the Spiel des Jahres um, jury also recommended the following six titles. So these aren't actually nominated, but they're oh, basically saying that, hey, these are really good games. And that's Seven Wonders Architects. Echoes the Dancer, Magic Rabbit, My Gold Mine, So Clover, and Trek 12 Himalaya. Um, you know, winning the, as, the Spiel des Jahres is a big deal because whichever game wins tends to literally boost their game sales by a significant margin. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but those are the Spiel des Jahres nominees. The Kenner Spiel, which is supposed to be for like the more advanced games, um, uh, the nominees for that are Cryptid, Dune Imperium, and Living Forest. Um, I don't know much about Living Forest, or uh, definitely in comparison to Cryptid and Dune Imperium. Uh, again, I think Dune Imperium seems to probably probably be the fan um, vote there, or the one that the fans would probably go with. Um, but their recommended titles um, for the Kenner Spiel are Ark Nova, Korra Rise of an Empire, and Witchstone. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Um, I th- and then lastly, the Kinder Spiel. Or the kids' games. Uh, these are all German games, so I'm not going to totally pr- try to pronounce the, the titles. Uh, but basically, it's the kids' game, kids' version of 
uh, Gonchon Cleaver, uh, the kids' version of Quacks of Quillenberg, um, and then a game called Zauberberg, um, which, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about the kids' versions of those games. Um, uh, I'm assuming they're probably pretty good. Uh, but Zauberberg, I have never even heard of. So we'll see. But yeah. Uh, Josh, any thoughts on the Spiel des Jahres, Kenner Spiel, who you think might win there? Uh, Living Forest was pretty cool, actually. I'm checking it out. It's on Amazon. It's only 40 bucks. Yeah, it does look cool. I agree. It looks cool. Um, do I have any thoughts? No, I mean, I uh, I didn't even realize these came out. I'm glad. I'm happy to see Cascadia nominated. I thought Cryptid isn't Cryptid like a four-year-old game. That is what's always weird about this, because you're like, when... <laughs> Is it when it came out in Germany? Like, you know, that that's Maybe, always what's hard about yeah. these things. So that's interesting. Um, I'm gonna have to check out Quacks and Co. because I think that could be uh, cool if it's for younger players to play with my son. Yeah. Two to four uh, players, ages six plus. It's only yeah. a one point two uh for weight. So I'm excited to see that, that that's a game. So I'm glad yeah. for that, at least. <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. Um, oh, yeah, it looks really cool, actually. Uh, cool. I'll have to tell my wife about that. Um, and and you up. are right. Crypt- Cryptid was first printed in 2018. So I'm wondering if it just made it to Germany this year. Or last year, I guess, technically. So. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm always interested to see the, the Spiel des Jahres nominees. So... Uh, games like Top Ten and Scout, I'm definitely going to look more into so I can check them out, uh, as well as uh, all these other games. Dune Imperium, yeah. like a uh, game, obviously I w- I want to play. I just don't have the group to play it. Yeah. Uh, but Living Force is definitely a game I can play with my wife. And Cryptid's always been a game I've been interested in. I just never pulled the trigger on. So maybe this will give me that boost that I wanted. Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, but building off that, last week, you know, we cut three games from the Board Game Geek Top 100, which means yeah. theoretically there are now three open spots in the Board Game Geek Top 100. <laughs> so it's time we plug those holes, Josh. And what plug three those and, holes. Name, <laughs> and, and name three games we think should be added to the Board Game Geek Top 100. Mm-hmm. Um, so I currently have a list, Josh, of one, two, three, four, seven games. That I'm going to try to whittle down to three. Um, so that's where I'm at as far as the games that I think, and one of them is really close to being in the top 100. So that might be an easy cut. We'll have to wait and see. Sure. Um, but Josh, do you have a game ready to go? What are your thoughts? I mean, it seems silly that pandemic isn't in the top 100. It does seem silly that it's not, but I mean, does that mean that you are wanting to add it to the top 100? Mm, Undecided. Okay. Let's add, uh, I didn't read notes too much ahead of time, so... Oh, man, well, I already know what you're going to pick. Should I pick it before you? That would be pretty funny. You can if you want to. I'll, I, I'm going to say, like, <laughs> I, don't think my, I don't think my picks are as obvious as you think they're going to be, but we'll see. I mean, I know you're going to pick this game, so I won't pick it. I don't... Okay. You know what I would like to put into the top 100 that I think that? is a underappreciated, probably underplayed and underrated game? That is War Chest. Oh, okay. AEG. Um, it, it's a it it's such a great strategic game. It's not like a typical board game, right? It's a two player game. It is very uh, chessy, if you will, uh, where you are. And I uh, this is a game I have that I really enjoy. I have two expansions for it. Essentially, just adds um, um, different um, pieces 
but um, imagine playing chess where the rook had actual an, an actual like ability. It still has its movements that it has to make, but it also has an ability sometimes or tactic as they call it in the game. Um, and with all these, they the game is played. Uh, they have poker chips for the ta- for the pieces, so the quality production quality is very good. And it's one of those games where there's so many. If you have the expansions as well, there's so many different um, mixtures of um, units you can be playing with that the game never plays the same unless you intentionally set it up to play the same, which I can see. Um, I just really enjoy the game a lot. I don't play it enough, but it's one of those games where I know if I am setting aside a game night. So Quacks of Quillenberg makes me think of this too. There's a few games on that short list. Um, Quacks, War Chest, um, Unmatched. These are games where like I'm like, hey, do you want to play a new game to you? And if the person says yes, I'm like, okay, and now I go to my short list. And this gotcha. is on that short list. Um, a game I really enjoy, and I think it's it's uh, we played it the first time at AEG's big game night at the first PAX, PAX Unplugged we went to, and I just really enjoy it. And the production quality is super high as well. So I think it, I think it should be up in the in that top one hundred. That is a really unique first pick. I didn't I didn't expect you going there. Okay, uh, my first pick is I think a easy first pick. I, I, it kind of surprises me this game isn't in the top 100, though it granted is ranked number 156 overall. So it's not like hmm, it's I far wonder of it. what it could be. Uh, it's actually Magic the Gathering. Oh, it is not what I thought it was. <laughs> yeah. So, I, like I said, I don't think I'm picking the game you think I'm picking. How uh, could so you Magic not? You don't want that game in the top 100? I I think I have other picks that are more ah, interesting. Ah, okay. All right. So, yeah. So, Magic the Gathering uh, came out in 1993, obviously designed by Richard Garfield, and kind of created deck building and collectible card games as we know it, uh, and is still thriving today. So, the fact that this game came out, uh, you know, 30 years ago, yeah. almost at this point, and is still um, as big as it's ever been, uh, and as successful as it's ever been, and really still... Uh, pushing the collectible card genre forward in some positive ways, maybe in some not positive ways as well, uh, I think is is a testament to the quality of the game and what was originally designed by Richard Garfield. So for me, the fact that this isn't in the top 100 is kind of mind-blowing. Um, if you look at the top 100, especially now, it tends to be much harder for older games to stay on there. And there's a lot of really recent games in the top 100 now. Uh, which is fine. I mean, in general, games have just gotten better over time, so that's not totally surprising. But to me, Magic still holds up. And one could argue is, you know, know, the Alpha set from 1993, is that as good as the sets from today? And should you be able to include all of those when just saying Magic the Gathering? And I get that argument. Uh, But I think overall, uh, Magic is still an excellent game and and deserves to be in the top 100. So that would be one of my picks. Nice. what is your next pick? Well, coming in at number two fourteen on the list, I would—it's uh, a freaking crime that Century Golem Edition is not in the top one hundred. I figured or you'd have top two hundred, <laughs> so I can cross that off my list. Yes. Check one uh, less game to go through. I don't know that I need to talk more about this game than we have uh, talked about on this podcast in the past. It is a go-to game. It is one of the best games I've ever played. It is also one of the easiest games to teach and learn and it also has enough um randomization to be different almost almost every time you play it um to a to to a degree 
Um, it's a game I always travel with when I'm going somewhere and bring games. Uh, and it will be a game I probably always travel with unless something crazy happens. So yeah, Century Gollum Edition was just a crazy easy game to add to that top 100. Awesome. Uh, my next pick is a game that I played earlier for sure in my uh, getting into the hobby board games. And it was really my first dungeon crawler game. It was really my first campaign game. Uh, and I think it did a really good job. And while it wasn't the first one of any of those, it definitely did a nice job of melding all of those things together and it really providing a very cohesive experience, a cohesive story, and a nice way to progress through the entire um, game. And that designer has gone on to create many more games in the genre that are equally, if not as good, if not better, on uh, that designer being Jerry Hawthorne and the game being Mice and Mystics, mm. uh, which is currently ranked 383. Oh. Um which seems pretty darn high for the game. Uh, the one really cool thing about Mice and Mystics is as a dungeon crawler, it does as much as it can be to be as accessible to as many people as it could for the time. Now, the weight of it is still pretty high. It is not by any means an easy game. And I think in over time, Jerry has taken the lessons he learned from Mice and Mystics and, and streamlined his future games even more than Mice and Mystics was. But the theme of the game is very approachable uh overall the rule set is pretty straightforward there's a couple times where you have a few instances of rules that are just used in one scenario or two scenarios and like never again so sometimes those things can be challenging to remember but overall it's a really fun engaging interactive cooperative game where you're going through working your way through these really varying map setups and, and tile setups and, and having very different and unique things to do as you progress through the story so I think Mice and Mystics is an easy recommend for anyone looking for a dungeon crawler or, or to get into a, a campaign-based game. Um, it, it can be a bit harder to find these days, uh, but overall, um, I think Mice and Mystics is, is a great, great game, and the fact that it's not in the top 100 is very, very sad to me. So that would be my second pick hmm. is Mice and Mystics. Josh, what is your third and final pick then? Well, it would be, it would be crazy if I said... Catan, right? Because that would be. That would was, be I mean, technically, like I don't think like technically. It's in my top one hundred, but I don't. <laughs> I understand why it's not in the top one hundred. Okay, that's fine then. Just because, like, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. I, my last pick is going to be a crazier one. It's okay. going to be currently sitting at five hundred and twelve. It's Pathfinder Adventure Card Game: Rise of the Rune Lords. Wow. Okay. This, this is, is a good game. It's a fun game. Not only is it that, but it's also like a great gateway game to, to uh, role playing games. Yeah, it is for something that potentially people want to get into. But I also think that the way that like they took, they had to create a board game out of. Dungeons and Dragons out of Pathfinder, out of this thing that uh, Dungeons and Dragons as a brand has been trying to figure out for years, yeah, for decades, how to make a board game out of their IP, like their IP. Uh, having played Pathfinder Adventure Card Game, the first set, set, and actually played playing Pathfinder, there's they did such a great job of capturing that like spirit of the the world building and the game itself and um playing gloomhaven now it really seems like a great gateway game to gloomhaven it really gives you the tools you need to learn about weapon systems and 
uh, items and managing how much you can carry and what you can use and working together with a team. Um, I really do think it's it's a fantastic game, and I really wish because I have the pirate one as well, Skull and say Skull and something, whatever yeah, it was. I, yeah. I have it. We just never played it, and that really bumped me out because um, we just never got around to it. But I haven't gotten rid of it for the reason of like one day I'm hoping like I will a- be able to play it maybe with my son at some point or something. But um, I really enjoyed it. I bought like all the extra about the play mats and the extra character packs, which all it really did was give you different looks to your heroes. <laughs> um, but I really enjoyed that game a lot and I think it should be played. So I think it definitely belongs in the top 100 for me. Awesome. Goodbye, Gaia a- Project. Hello, Pathfinder Adventure Card Game. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. This is tough because there's a lot of... I have two games that are kind of left on my list. Get them out. What do you got? Between. Pick them um, I'm not going to pick a both. I'm only going to pick one. Pick uh, a both. <laughs> okay. Well, the one I'm going to pick, and this is... No, I'm changing it. I'm going to go with this one. Uh, is a game that is also old-er. Uh, it's a game that originally came out in 2003 uh, and is, is a game that I think most people have played in some way, shape, or form because it's been around for quite a long time. Um, and it's got a little bit of hand management in it. It's got a little bit of drafting in it and tile placement in it. Um, and it's come out and be in deluxe editions and all that good stuff. And that game is Alhambra. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, when the spill the CRS back in 2003, this is one of those games too that I, I originally kind of got into um, hobby board gaming. This is one of the games that I played early in that, and it it really does a nice streamlined job of helping introduce you to a number of different mechanics, but in ways that are mechanisms, I guess technically since we're talking board games, but in ways that are always interesting while you're playing the game. Like there, there are definitely games who have taken the things here and maybe done them in more complex ways. But I think the streamlined nature of what Alhambra does is what makes it so interesting of like bidding on and, and selecting different buildings from the track and then placing those into your Alhambra that you're building, ensuring that, you know, that walls are meeting the way that they're supposed to and really trying to kind of build out your little city uh, is just really fun and really engaging. And it's a game that's not too hard to teach, but it has some thoughtful decisions that you need to make. Um, And I just have always really enjoyed it. Uh, So if you are looking for, I mean, the downfall is it's not a looker. It's not the best looking game out there. Uh, The art of it has never been super awesome. I do think it tends to be a little expensive for what you're getting in the box as far as the quality of the components go. Uh, But overall, I think the quality of the gameplay is very, very high. Um, So for me, I think Alhambra would be a game that I I would love to see in the top 100. So there we go. Those are our three things. I did not pick Dead of Winter, (laughs) as Josh thought I was going to. I know, I did not. Uh, Actually, the other game that I was really on the fence about, Josh, uh, that's actually number 123 right now is Parks. Mm, Yes. So that was the... The game I was super on the fence about because I would like to see it up there, but it's still, you know, working its way up. It could it could crack the top 100. That's a thing it could do. So, all right, Josh, with that, what's your second topic? Well, we had some news about this game that I don't think that we really talked too much about on our podcast, but certainly appeals to both of us. It is called The Quarry. It is Supermassive Games' follow-up, essentially, to uh, Until Dawn, uh, although they have done other things. Um, That being said, the game does come out, I think, June 10th, and 
they announced over the past week that uh, they are delaying the online multiplayer until July, which isn't too big of a delay. Um, I don't know that this is necessarily the last delay that the online multiplayer will suffer, but it's at least the first delay that it's going to suffer. Um, and they 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 said that they they are delaying it to deliver the best possible experience to players on its eventual release. Which, as we have played their games on release multiplayer online, I feel like this is probably a great move. <laughs> this probably is a good move because yeah. we had to wait what six months before we could go back and play the last Dark Pictures anthology game. Yeah, from when we tried to play it. So July eighth is the new date for the multiplayer. Meanwhile, um, well, they this is coming from Eurogamer. They also last month, uh, excuse me. Audibly on, so you can hear me yawning. Um, they did last month say that there's going to be over 186 different endings for this game, yeah, which is insane. Um, I think every we had a whole chat about it in Discord. It really has to come down to just like very weird, odd, subtle differences because there's no way, right, that this could be like it's just like oh these five people survived oh and then these five survived it's just one different person and then that counts as two different endings like it has to be something like that otherwise why even announce this, this is just getting people's expectations high uh <laughs> they're also doing offering a movie mode which lets you watch the entirety um of the game without interaction which i think is i guess cool Um, Not something I want to do, but if you're just kind of like want to watch a horror movie video game, like you can do that. Uh, So uh, I guess that's fine. Um, It is coming out on June 10th. So before we get into more about what this game is, uh, which I think we should at least tell the listeners about, how do you feel about the online multiplayer getting delayed? Is this like a Halo like thing or is this like a best choice kind of thing? I mean, both potentially. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the delay of this on this online multiplayer to me is is fine. Uh, Josh, are you familiar with how the online multiplayer in this game was going to work? Oh, I didn't know it was different from the other ones. No, it is different. So, uh, the online multiplayer of the quarry, and this is directly from their website. The online multiplayer of the quarry functions differently from the local co-op play. So, in local co-op. Um, basically what you do is everyone comes together, each person gets assigned a character, and then you pass the controller yes. is how you play it. Yep. In this invite-only mode, a host can invite up to seven friends with access to the game to watch along. Wow. With ac- Okay. It says up to seven friends with access, with access to, the to the game. So does that mean they all have to own it? But yes, anyway. I, I assume so. While the host plays, their audience votes on each key decision with the majority vote determining the outcome. Oh no. <laughs> that is what that is what the online multiplayer. Oh no. Okay. So that's why like when this got delayed, I was like, I mean, fine, whatever. Yeah. But, you know, cuz it's not going to be obviously this game is meant to be different than the game the Dark Pictures anthology. This is much more similar to the game you talked about at the very beginning that I'm blanking on the name of. Uh Until Dawn? Yes, thank you. Why did that go out of my mind so quickly? <laughs> but in the sense of it, this really is, I think, for the most part, meant to be like a single player experience, right? That they are trying to find ways to incorporate yeah. others into it, but it really is meant to be kind of that single player experience. So for me, this delay really isn't that big of a deal because though we have played their other games co-op, I can't, I don't anticipate that we are going to play this game in co-op because 
though it'd be kind of funny, I guess, if you played and I watched along and then just voted against you all the time. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, like, is that what happens then? I don't know. Um, because the majority vote would be just one person. It would just be me. Whatever right. I picked happened would happen. So, um, but yeah, I'm actually way more interested in the movie mode than I am in the online play mode. So, yeah, I didn't, I, that's interesting. I didn't know that about the multiplayer. So, um, I guess I'm wondering, so there must not be a true co-op mode that exists. No. Yeah. Cause it's the way yeah, we either, it. yeah, either the local co-op is, you know, like I said, passing the controller, um, and then, yeah, for the online one, it very much is just voting on what happens. So, yeah, there's not the we're both playing at the same time type deal. Going okay, on. cool. Well, uh, if people aren't familiar with the quarry, yeah, it is like the spiritual successor to Until Dawn, um, the next gen version of this horror story that they want to tell. It's not obviously the same story, but uh, while we really got a couple name actors from Until Dawn, which is Hayden Pantier, and then the guy from S.H.I.E.L.D., <laughs> the TV show. That was about it. Um, and, and, Remy Malik. Some, and Remy Malik, that's right. But this was before he was, like, Ray Yeah, Malik. before he was big, yeah. Um, There's a couple other people that were, like, B-celebrities. Uh, and I would argue mo- all these people are B-celebrities, too, mostly. Uh, <laughs> uh, this The Corey uh, will also be including a bunch of actors as well, including David Arquette, um, Lynn Shay, uh, Ariel Winter, who you'd know from Modern Family, um, Justice Smith, who you'd know from Detective Pikachu, uh, <laughs> Brenda Song, a um, bunch of other actors that aren't listed here as well. So, um, yeah, I guess I'm interested to see what happens with the game. But now, I guess, knowing that the multiplayer is that much different, while I would welcome playing it that way, uh, even if it was like, you were like, hey, guess, hey, I'm I'm going to be playing uh, the quarry tonight. If you just wanted to veg out and hang out, you could right. be like my audience. Then I might be like up for that. If, especially if you could get like four other people to like do it um, as like a because I wonder if you play multiplayer, if it I'll have to find out when it comes out. Like if I start playing my game, save it. I played solo and then I wanted to play Friday night when I know six people are around to watch right. i wonder if i'm able to load my save in that mode so that yeah, people can that would be interesting yeah because like, was... oh i was just gonna say because i don't know how long this game is right so like how long yeah. i'm assuming it's longer than the dark pictures games so you know yeah how long are people gonna hang out with you while you're playing and, and, and making these votes and, and things like that so yeah that'll be interesting that i'd be interested to check that out so that's cool maybe i can try to get my wife to play co-op with me at home that's not gonna happen but i can try <laughs> um i will say the um the reason that the movie mode is interesting to me is that um, for movie mode you can pick to have everyone live you can pick to have everyone die or they have this thing called the director's chair. And in the director's chair, for example, the character Laura, like you get to make these choices prior to the game starting and, and watching it play out. Yeah. It's like when under pressure, Laura will be adept. So you get to like pick adept. Oh, interesting. Um, in conversation, Laura will be sympathetic. In fight or flight situations, Laura will be composed. While looking around, Laura will be vigilant. So like you get to pick the characteristics of the characters nice. and then like start the game, which I think is a really kind of neat thing. And to me, that's actually way more interesting um, than all of fill us, in like, the blank will be a bitch every time you play the game with her <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah so that actually sounds kind of interesting to me so cool How, are you for sure playing this game like what is oh, your yeah. what, 
Okay. Oh yeah, I can't not play this game. I'm so excited. I don't know. Gotcha. I don't know if I buy it at launch. I, I'm. This is a game I need the time to play. Right. Um. So I'll probably buy. I'll probably still buy it at launch. So we will own this. I'll, I'll buy this one because you just bought okay. two games. Um. I'm just curious as to when I'm going to get to it because it's in the middle. It's like right at the start of summer, and I know like the work I have to do in the summer is just. Well, awful <laughs> i mean don't feel about like don't feel pressure from my perspective to buy it day one so if you want to wait like i i am not going to like be champion right. a bit to like right. play this right away so if you're like hey i'll play it when i have time and if that means it goes on sale awesome if not that's fine too like don't buy it day one on my account yeah so. we'll see if I, if I think i'll have time i might get a day one but if not i might wait a little bit awesome okay so that we're actually gonna skip my second topic we'll talk about that in the future because you know we're, we're hitting the 90 minute mark here and i kind of already had two topics before so well let's move on to prediction time okay. so obviously we record on sundays and post on tuesdays so without fail you know big news typically happens on monday maybe not this week because monday's a holiday yeah. uh, but in the u.s at least but you know we'll make some predictions of what we think is going to happen this week um so josh what is your prediction for monday slash this week of what's going to happen yeah, so like it's no surprise uh, to anyone at this point. Last week and the week before, all these reports kind of flooded out about EA has been actively shopping their brand, um, not to the typical Sony's and Microsofts of the world, but more like to the Disney's and the Apples and the and the Amazons, uh, maybe even to the Embracer groups of the world. Uh, so I think that we might be right about. To hear about EA being acquired, purchased, consolidated into some company. So that's what I'm going to go for. Right before E3, right before Summer Games Fest, what a weird, crazy time that would be for them to announce that. <laughs> wow. Who do you think it's going to be? I think it's going to be uh, Amazon. I think it makes more sense for Amazon. So, okay. They're, they're, they're becoming more serious about game development um, in their broader aspect than apple like apple like they want you to come to them to play their stuff and and mm -hmm. i think amazon's just like hey we have this game like you can play it if you have a pc we're not worried about you using prime or anything so i think amazon seems the more likely asset over like disney like disney it doesn't make sense for them to buy yeah. a game studio yeah for sure yeah with how many partnerships they're doing definitely yeah Maybe they're just so bad about the way EA handled the Star Wars license when they did that deal that they're like, we're just going to buy you. Um, <laughs> yes, that's possible, actually. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, I mean, they just need to make more Star Wars games, just like they have more need more Star Wars series, apparently. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, my prediction. Uh, Nintendo's going to announce the day and time of their summer E3 Direct, whatever you want to go, their summertime, their big Direct for the summer. Sure. Um, you know, they typically have had it right around... In, that e3 time i think that's probably still going to hold true so i think we're going to hear i don't know if it'll be it won't be monday i don't think but i think we'll hear this week about when they're going to do it because I, I think it might be potentially next week so all right josh any questions from listeners any listener mail or anything like that uh we didn't have questions we did have of course paul uh replied to us nice. i'm just gonna give you he gave us his top five um songs Oh, the, sweet. From a Spotify mix. Uh, we have um, number one is Weezer Garden of Eden. Number two is The Flies Got You Where I Want You. Number wow. three is Stroke Nine, Kick Some Ass. Number four is Rain Paris, Positions. Number five is Falling in Reverse by Zombified. As he says, I'm all over the place with music. Uh, 
So that's Paul Paul's mix. Top five in his mix. That's a good mix. That is. And if really you're in our mix. Discord, you can see Donnie gave us his top five and three or four of his mixes. Yeah. So you can check out our Board of the Fiji page in our Discord for Donnie's uh, top fifteen-ish, top five and three categories. So that with that, we'll move on to our recommendations for a well-rounded life. Obviously, we're mm. a gaming podcast, but we want to give you one other thing we're currently into that's helping us live that balanced life. Josh, what is your recommendation this week? Well, I was taking a drink at the worst part. I should have waited. Um, well, Kyle, I don't know if you know this, but Sonic 2 is out on Paramount+. Plus. Yeah. And Obi-Wan is out on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. And Stranger Things is out on Netflix+. Plus. Cool. Uh Check them all out. They're all great so far. Uh, I really enjoyed Sonic 2. I watched it with my son and my wife. Um, it was a lot of fun. And I think they just handled that property really well. They did a great job with that. Um, if Jim Carrey is really retiring from acting, like Sonic 3 is really going to have a big, gigantic hole missing um, talent-wise and character-wise. So hopefully he's not serious about that. Um Obi-Wan is great. It doesn't feel like the other Star Wars series. It feels uh, interesting and new, and it picks up right after the last of the prequels-ish, a few years after. And uh, Stranger Things, it feels like Stranger Things. It looks great. Uh, My only criticism about Stranger Things so far is everyone that they have playing a high school student is... 25 years old and it, <laughs> and it is very obvious <laughs> yeah yeah i really happens. wish they just was like hey it's college now <laughs> just because it's really bad <laughs> it's just hard to look past otherwise the story is really good so uh and there's even more things i could recommend but check out check out those jackass 4.5 is on netflix yeah so much stuff so much stuff there there is a lot of things so yeah, and i almost Paramount. watched your recommendation too yeah, it, it, I know there's so much stuff to watch. So, yes, uh, like Josh said, Sonic 2 on Paramount Plus, Obi Wan on Disney Plus, and Stranger Things on Netflix. Uh, my recommendation is a documentary series, short series, two episodes uh, on HBO Max, and that is George Carlin's American Dream. Uh, obviously, I'm a fan of stand up comedy. We talk about stand up comedy a lot on this show as far as recommendations, just but it's in general about the role that it has. Um, and this is a really interesting insight into a comedian who really shaped a lot of the way stand-up comedy is today and and i think one of the reasons that george carlin is so um respected by other comics but even just by people in general is that um he was really thoughtful in his stand-up and many of the things that he was doing stand-up about 20 30 plus years ago are things that are still really relevant today uh and one of the most striking things about his standup is that you know standup is always supposed to be this thing that is on the the fringe of society right like it is trying to push things forward typically like there are it, it is commentary on the way things are and the way things ought to be and as a result of that almost universally comedy ages poorly right that is kind of the expectation mm-hmm. is that you are going to be doing things that eventually we're going to look back and say you shouldn't have said that or you shouldn't have done that or you shouldn't have thought that way because society has progressed right like we have moved past us needing that comedy anymore because we've progressed past that point and that's one of the most striking things about george carlin's comedy is when you watch it there are things that you're like "Ooh, that like 30 seconds right there was pretty cringy like we've definitely gone past that 
But the problem is the four minutes before it and the three minutes after it are completely still relevant today. Yeah. And it really goes to show that like how there are certain things we really have moved forward on and certain things that we are having the same conversations we were 30 years ago. And that I think is what makes his his comedy so such a good thing to look at because it's a very clear depiction of how society has moved forward in some areas and definitely not moved forward in other areas. Um, so George Carlin's American Dream, HBO Max, you will get some snippets of his comedy, but as a lot of it is uh, interviews with him about growing up, how he got into comedy, the impact he had on other comedians. So you'll see, there's a lot of um, other comedians who are in it talking about the role George Carlin played in their lives. So it is a really um, thoughtful look into his life. Um, and I definitely recommend it if you're into stand-up comedy in any way, shape, or form, or just interested in who George Carlin was. So uh, I'd say check it out. Nice. Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? Let's do it. Uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithfiji at gmail.com. We tag our stuff with hashtag Board with Fiji. So please use that hashtag as well on all your social medias. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone board with video games feed. Oh yeah, you can find me. You know where to find me. I'm at Why So Serious. S-I-R-R-I-U-S. Everywhere that I want to be found. Kyle, where can people <laughs> find you? So you can find me on all the usual places, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have any suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop being. Josh, sounds like Rost. I just wanted to uh, send you a little message. I believe you've known each other for quite some time, but you've never met in person. Well, as an outsider, I understand that. But keep training. Keep focused on each other. Have each other's backs. And keep broadcasting that podcast. You're doing God's work. All right, guys. Take care of yourselves. Best of luck. Rost. <laughs>